Hello listeners and welcome to State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. My name is Stephen Payton. The date is Friday the 12th of February 2021. Let's get into it. Kicking things off. There's been a poll and yes, the Savannah Comrades poll is indeed the 21st consecutive poll to show yes in the lead. When don't knows are excluded, 53% of Scots backed Yes, while 47% backed no. On the downside, this is a small drop in support compared to the last Savanta Comrades poll, a reminder that the case is still being made and we can't really assume anything. The poll also predicts that both the SNP and the Scottish Greens, the two pro-independence parties at Holyrood, are expected to increase their numbers of seats in May's election. All other parties are set to lose seats, but there's still plenty of time for a really good campaign to potentially shift things around, or for some former members of the SNP to deliberately tank the party ahead of the election. But we will see. The fact remains, however, that any attempt to block or withhold a second referendum is not a viable position for anyone who calls himself a Democrat. Not anymore. And I suspect that Westminster's refusal to acknowledge the will of the Scottish people will only lead to further support for yes. That and the consequences of a so far disastrous Tory Brexit. But don't just take my word for it. Here's George Monbiot on the BBC. Um, Look, if I lived in Scotland, I would want to get out of this chaotic, dysfunctional, corrupt union as quickly as I could. And the same applies to Wales. The same applies to Northern Ireland. I can't see the point of staying in the United Kingdom, of being um, chained to the United Kingdom like, like a block of concrete as the boat begins to founder. Because, you know, the promise given to Scotland was, if you stay in the union, you will have stability. If you become independent, it'll be chaotic. Um, If you stay in the union, you'll have political choice. You'll be able to have a stable currency. You'll you'll be part of of something which will allow you to punch above your weight on the global stage, all of that. All of those promises have been busted by Brexit. And it seems to me that in both straightforward instrumental terms and in ideological terms, Scotland would be much better off out of the United Kingdom and in the European Union. Same for Wales, same for for reunification in Ireland. I mean, being ruled by Westminster is bad enough if you live in England. Monbiot was appearing on a Politics Live segment alongside Scottish Tory MP Andrew Bowie, and I can tell you that when Monbiot branded him as part of the corrupt, dysfunctional Westminster government, he did not look happy. I challenge you to show me any part of that statement, however, that isn't true. Dysfunctional, you say? Well, that's nothing that can't be fixed with some elbow grease and a few million pounds spent on anti-independence campaigning to convince folk you're not quite as incompetent as you clearly are. Newly released Freedom of Information requests have revealed that the UK's union unit is currently spending hundreds of thousands of pounds on new staff. And, yes, that would be taxpayers' money. This after the Scotland office was also caught out increasing how much it was spending on spin doctors and propaganda. And so despite the claims that the Yes movement needs to get back in its box and stop campaigning, the Tories are seemingly happy to fund a huge operation with the goal of crushing support for leaving the UK. Can you say hypocrisy? And that includes a whopping salary of between 110,000 and 115,000 for Oliver Lewis, the former Vote Leave staffer who now heads 
the union unit. Actually reminds me of back in 2014 when a figure at Better Together was asked why they were campaigning against independence and they quipped that it was paying off their mortgage. And despite all that, Downing Street are still denying that they're in a panic over rising support for Scottish independence. When you actually look at it though, the positions available in the union unit are all extremely well paid. So we can probably expect Boris Johnson's pals to fill those roles any day now. And who knows, maybe the union unit will be the next to swing itself a contract to provide PPE to the UK. God knows the No campaign needs all the help it can get right now though, because the current crop of anti-India activists are, well, let's just say the independence movement could not have asked for better opponents. Opponents like George Galloway, whose anti-indie political party Alliance for Unity recently tweeted anti-LGBT myths on children being taught about rimming with bananas and Nutella, and who are currently under investigation by the RAF for picking a logo that looks extremely similar slash identical to theirs. The Ministry of Defence's copyright laws are apparently on the case. But here's a fun fact for you. Did you know that until the First World War, the underside of RAF aircraft, or rather the Royal Flying Corps, as it was called back then, was marked with a Union Jack flag, so as to avoid being shot down by friendly fire. But when they were flying at a high altitude, only the cross of the flag was visible, which looked awfully similar to the Iron Cross used in German planes. And so the concentric circles target sign was born. Anyway, uh, there could be further embarrassment ahead for George Galloway, and I, for one, cannot wait to see it. Though Galloway's stint as a cat on Big Brother may remain his cringiest moment of all time. And finally, this week, the Wings Over Scotland party is no more. Well, it was never really anything in the first place, but it now appears that the blogger's attempts at setting up his own wee party have been unceremoniously dropped. But that does bring us to an end of this week. So with all that said, where does that leave the State of the Union? Going about as well as George Galloway's attempts at being taken seriously anymore. See you all again next Friday.